Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about email segmentation and how and where to use this powerful strategy to send more emails and generate more email revenue. So let's get started. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Afternoon. Afternoon, Mark. Yeah. My afternoon, your morning. Well, it always is, isn't it? Always the other way around. Yeah. yeah, always me sacrificing my private time so you can fit into your work time. Says the person Appreciate who got up at half a six to do the to do the call with yeah. your people this morning. Oh well, it's just nothing happens That's in the true. middle of the day. Nothing happens no. in the middle of the day. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. We are going to talk about email segmentation. Email um, segmentation. We haven't really planned this, to be honest. This is more of a kind of discussion about email segmentation and what we've done that's worked and what hasn't worked and when it becomes complicated and yeah. all that stuff. So uh, I know you wanted to talk about three R's to kick us off. Do you want to yeah. launch into that? Yeah, well, well I mean, it, you know, email segmentation, I remember, I remember like 12 years ago being invited to speak about email segmentation. Um, in London, to a to a group of catalogers. So they were. This was a direct mail association. And they were, and it was Abacus actually. And uh, they asked, they invited me just to speak about email. And I was looking back the other day about the the presentation that I presented twelve years ago. And it, it, you know, I was obviously a future trendsetter because it was it was it's still relevant now. Or things haven't changed that much. Um, in terms of email, and I remember, you know, because email segmentation, it's a big word, or it's a, it's two big words, and it sounds really complicated, and it doesn't need to be as complicated. And to start off with, when you're thinking about email, because it basically says, okay, I've got a list, I've got a group, I've got I've got a list of people, and how do I segment the list? So who gets what email, basically, and how what email should they get and how frequent should, should they get them? You know, what's the strategy? So you've got a big list. And if, so the question is, well, how do I start segmenting my list? At what point is it useful to segment my my email database? And the start, the, the, the most easiest thing, and I think if you do this right, you're probably going to get... 90% of all of the gains that you would get um, when you start, if you went into really in-depth segmentation. And obviously it depends on how big you are and how big your mailing list and the maturity of your business. But the, the, the most fundamental thing you can do is you segment it into the three R's. And I don't know where the three R's concept came from, but it's something that you and I have talked about for years. But the three R's are recruitment, retention, and reactivation. And so... It simply means 
what your, your, your recruitment segment. So you have your, your emails that have not yet bought. And we would say that they are your recruitment segments. So these are, these are people who've got onto your email database that have not yet bought. So they've either signed up to your newsletter or your welcome list or they signed up from exclusive content or they've gone into your clearance page and they've signed up for some early bird access or stock notification or some, you, you know, they, you've got them on your database. They've not yet bought. And the second one is your retention. Your retention are, and that's your current customers. That's, so that's people who have, who have bought. And the simplest one in that one is to is to say customers who are first time customers so so if you if so there's like three r's recruitment retention reactivation so so i'll just break down the retention a tiny bit whilst i'm talking about the middle one because i know we're going to go into each one in a bit more detail but the, the retention one you'd 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 break that only a little bit further and you say new brand new customers so first time customers should get something different than if you're an existing customer who bought again and again and again. And then the last one, which is your reactivation, which is customers who have not yet, who haven't bought for a long time. So that might be six months, a year, two years. So they're the basic like building blocks of how you'd start to segment your email database. Customers have not yet bought, that's your recruitment. Customers who have bought, that's your retention. And obviously the idea between the retention for the retention is to try to get them to buy again. And then the reactivation one is when they've fallen off a cliff, they haven't bought for a long time. That in a nutshell is it. Yeah, so and that's the that's the segmentation. That's the broad brush. That's the broad brush of it. But then sometimes we might segment by buyer type as well. So Well, there's um, loads of ways you'd segment within yeah. each group, isn't there? Within each group. Within each one. Yeah. I mean, do you want to take do you want to take each one? Do you want to do you want to, do you want to go into? Well, let, let me just talk, let me just talk through. When I used to run GSF's emails, and I think we used to send a couple of million a week or something, something like that. So, when I was doing that, the way I used to segment them is because because we're sending an, the same email out to all the email service providers over and over and over again. Um, the likelihood there was going to be you know a delivery problem with the email was much more apparent later in the send. So I'm sending a million emails out. Then what I want to do is I want to get my emails out to my, the people who are most likely to buy first. So I'd have my recent subscribers and my recent buyers, and they would be my kind of hot list. And then my um, people who hadn't, you know, hadn't subscribed for a certain amount of time, and then people who hadn't bought for a certain time, they'd be my like B list, and then I'd have a C list of everybody else I was still contacting, and that's how I I was able to, you know, work around, you know, because you got the feedback loops and spam traps and all this kind of stuff, and it only takes a couple here to kind of cause a problem, and you just wanted to make sure that you would uh, do it, and I did that from different IP addresses as well, so so I was protecting the IP address of the um the top level one um my top level contacts coming from one ip address so that's kind of like when you get high level segmentation so that's a kind of like segmentation for email deliverability. so you well, you was you were seg- you yeah you were segmenting on email deliverability but that, i think i think in most cases people who are going to be listening to this they're on clavio or something like that and that's kind of mm. taking care of it they sort of they deal with that 
Well, yes and no. Yes and no. It depends. I mean, anybody that when they start sending a million emails, it's gonna it's gonna run into problems they won't have had when they're sending ten thousand emails. That that yeah. it's just it just becomes a, a bigger. But then, issue. but you what you what what the best practice is is you you know you're supposed to cleanse your email list. So depending yeah. on your lifetime customer value, you're supposed to say, well, if if someone, you know, I, I mean, the best practice I remember is that if someone hasn't opened an email you know or, or clicked on an email for three months you know you you cleanse it you get rid of them yeah you know and that's quite extreme quite but the extreme. idea behind that is you don't yeah, it is that is extreme you know we would normally say six months would be about the average and in some cases a lot longer mm. but the idea is if someone hasn't opened an email at all you know they are probably they're pretty disengaged and and the problem is if you keep emailing people who have not opened your emails you are going to affect your your deliverability score because people will click on it. John the only, the only problem ESPs will go is now Apple doesn't show you whether an email has yeah. been opened. Yeah. So you've got to be careful. Well, you just have to do it on yeah. click. You do, you do. You just got to do it on click. Yeah. But to be honest, this isn't a conversation really about email deliverability. Yeah. This is yeah. a conversation about what, how do you start to segment and because obviously the obvious one is you, you're going to treat your your you have not yet bought differently to your existing customers, isn't it? Obviously, yeah, the message is different. But I think there's also segmentation in the when you're talking about retention. So, like you know, Graham, who's got the fish oh, shop, massively. He he segments his based on what people fish. So, like he knows that some people are spear fishermen, some people are deep sea fishermen, some people are shore fishermen, and some people are like I don't know whatever the type of fishermen they are. And if you've got biotypes like that. Like a spear fisherman will tend to always be a spear fisherman, and a and a shore fisherman will tend to be a shore fisherman. If you've got biotypes in your list like that, then that makes sense to kind of profile them. It doesn't make sense. Let's say you've got a tile shop and you're selling tiles, like to profile someone who's doing up a bathroom, and someone's always going to be interested in bathroom stuff because that doesn't make sense, does it? Because they'll do the bathroom up, and then they might look at the kitchen. So it's it. it, it, it you have to work out whether that job to be done that they're getting done is something that's going to stay throughout their their journey. And if you've got like a home decor business, just because someone's interested in copper trend or whatever that's trending doesn't mean that that's what they're always going to yeah. be interested in. So I think I think that's quite inter- I think that's quite a really good point because you know the notion is that if you personalize your emails and you segment your emails based on what they have previously bought. You know the the notion is oh it's 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 going to mean you're going to get better deliver better email revenue. Yeah. It's not always the case, is it? And and sometimes I mean well sometimes we've had great success when we have actually segmented the email based on what they've bought. And mm-hmm. so I think just just to summarise just one one thing, your recruitment emails tend to largely be automated. So your first time not have not yet bought email tend to be pretty much you know the automated behavioural based and and really you're defining what your recruitment strategy is. You know, what is your offer architecture for, for brand new customers who've not yet bought? Mm. And email really is amplifying that. And a lot of it's automated. So it's looking at, you know, abandoned baskets, abandoned product, abandoned category, welcome series. It's kind of like, you know, the goal for that is to amplify the offer, make sure you're really going for data capture and, and, and really just reinforce the, the heck out of your recruitment offers. Mm. And that's kind of like your recruitment segment via email taken care of to a certain mm. degree. 
And then when they bought something, would... I guess what I was thinking is, we, you know, we're talking about the physical store. If there's an obvious segment in your physical store, if you had a physical store selling it, so say you're selling clothes and you go into clothes stop, you know, like men turn left, women turn right, then clearly you'd want that segmented in yeah. your email list because, yeah. you know, men are always going to be men and they're always going to be buying men's clothes and women are going to tend to be buying yeah. women's clothes. So that, so, that... so yeah. If there's a, so if there's def, if there's obvious segments like that, and it obviously makes sense. Of course, your email success mm. is going to go up if you're selling men's men's and, clo- men's and women's clothing. Sports shop, you know, like they're a tennis yeah. player or they're a hockey player. Or, yeah. you know, those those make sense. Make sense. So if you, it, yeah. So I think a good way of it trying does. to work it out is actually thinking of a physical shop and saying, well, do does if I if I had a physical shop and I segmented these out. Would I get the buyers going to that section and that, that buyer would always be interested in that section or would it be something he would be moving around the shop? Like if you've got a bedding shop, you can't really think about, there's not really, I mean, obviously you're going to have duvet covers and sheets and then you're going to have pillows yeah. and stuff like that, but you're not going to go. Well, do you know what? Though? I think, I think, I think actually it, it makes sense to keep it as broad as it possibly can be whilst make, whilst being common sense. Yeah. Because you because know, I think so many times, e-commerce businesses have tried to be really clever. Well, mm. if they bought if they bought uh, you know this particular type of tennis racket, you know they're only going to want to buy these particular type of tennis balls next, and I, and I think that's a mistake. Yeah, because they're trying to be too clever, too sophisticated, and what it does is it means they massively reduce the amount of. You know, broad offers that they can do. Obviously, you probably say, well, if they're inter- if they bought tennis, yes, they would be interested in, in rackets, racket sports, and probably tennis. Yeah. So we wouldn't necessarily send them football boots. Well, what? But I think um, it's that's so, yeah. You know, I, I think you do want to keep it you know, as broad as you can, whilst being you know, obvious. Well, you've got to mix it up. I think. You know what so, I mean? so like the Graham who does the fishing. So on Monday he sends the six weekly deals to everybody, so everybody gets those. And then on Wednesday, I think it's he he'll send. I think he's then on Wednesday he sends a segmented email. So if someone's shown preference in something, it's it's like you know an email specifically for them. And then on Friday, I think it's a reminder of the deals or or something like that. Yeah. Um, so like in that week, they're getting deals for every man, and then something specific for them on a Wednesday. And that that's worked yeah. really well. But he's he's actually ended up sending. Yeah. I think he's actually ended up sending less emails. But getting more revenue because of that of that strategy, just because he's noticed yeah. that those buyers. Well, I think so because in that scenario, you know, you want to expand across the range, don't you? Because if you if they're only let's say they were only interested interested in the really specific little niche category, mm. or you thought they're only interested, then, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to affect your lifetime customer value. Yeah, you want to expand it. You so you do want so that's why I think, you know, that's why we're saying be as broad as it can be without alienating the particular buyer's needs because if you if you're too specific you're going to restrict you know potentially the lifetime customer value because you're only emailing them about certain things yeah but i think before we get on to the retention segment i just want to say the, the the next obvious one which i just touched on before when we were introducing it is the first time buyers mm. like that's the most obvious segment within that retention segment you know, is the people who are who have just bought, they're new, mm. and they need to be treated differently. Yeah, because they need to be treated a bit more special. Like they need to be saying, "Hey, welcome to you know our e-commerce store. We're so proud to have you here." You know, as a thank you, here is a a gift. You know, a gift voucher worth twenty pounds. 
and it's going to expire within X amount of time. Like that, that's something we say to so many people. Well, especially as if you've got one of those, sense. you've got one of those buy window purchases, you know. So, like, let's say someone's doing up, yeah, you know, they're doing up the house or something like that. Like the buy window is hot. They've just bought. Well, when something. we say doing up the house, what we're saying is they've bought something for their house, which which tells us that they're in the mode of doing up the house. So it might be they've bought a table lamp. There's an example mm. we used to give: a table lamp. So when someone's buying a table lamp for your house, we know they're doing up the house. So we know they're going to be really at, um, really interested mm. in buying other things in the next maybe two or three months. And after that, you know, they've, they've moved on. They're buying a skiing holiday. They're, bought, they're buying a camper van. They know they're, out, they're not bothered about doing up the house yeah. anymore. So you have that buying window. So you can send a lot so more really emails important. to that person at that yeah. time because they're basically, you know, they're, they're in the mode of buying, of doing up their house. If you've got that kind of thing, um, you know, let's say, let's say you sell someone selling wedding stuff. Like you, you, you can send a lot more emails to them at the beginning after they just bought something for weddings because they know they're building up for a wedding. But obviously, yeah. you know, send them an six email in time. six months' time, they've, they've gone. Got divorced, not bothered. <laughs> to the yeah. plan of the next wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think I think there's whenever we've looked at, you know, multi buyers and lifetime customer value, we've, we often find that if they're going to buy again, so if a first time customer buys something, if they're going to buy a second time, they tend to do so quite quickly, mm. you know, within the first six weeks, or they don't buy at all. Yeah, and and I think there's something psychologically really important about getting the second sale. Because then they start, they tend to become much more loyal. Mm. So they've only bought, if they've only bought once, you know, they, 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 they tend to be not as loyal. Yeah, it's like, like it's, it's really, like the really one date, isn't it? It's the first date, the second date. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. I, I went on a second date. That's quite significant to. Yeah, there's something, they start to become like loyal and identify themselves with your, with your brand mm. when they become, when they're multi-buyers. So there's something really important about getting that second sale in early. Yeah. And and it's so you you've got to really treat first time customers. I think we've got in a, a podcast way. on the second sale. Or at least I think we have. Yeah, we way. have. Because so what we're saying is you can't just throw them in the normal you know newsletter list. Well, we're looking at what you makes know, like sense. Everyone else. We're always looking at what makes sense from a common sense point of view. Is like does it make sense, you know, is, are they is there a buyer window or is it clothing where like they're going to be buying all the time or content lenses where they're going to be buying all the time? Is it something where they're mm. going to be much more responsive to emails for us for the for the next thirty days, or um, or is it slightly different? So another, I'm just thinking through some of the ways that I've set people segmented off. Like for example, there was a couple of customers who had really good delivery um, options in London, um, and obviously because the whole list was not living in London we would only say, oh, no, like, you know, free delivery and over a certain amount. But in London, we could actually offer a much better delivery service. And so it made sense to segment those people who lived in London and send them slightly different messages around delivery mm. because we could actually get it to them within 30 minutes or something like that. So, you know, segmenting off so you can have a better offer to that person because you know they live where they live Um means that you can actually increase the conversion rate of those ones yeah. rather than saying the same message to everybody. Um, so so yeah. it could be location-based. I mean, other examples is when, yeah, when other examples is when we've actually looked at the at the loyal buyers. You know, I remember one customer calling me up 
I don't know, probably about five years ago. And he said, he said, right, what's the fastest way and the, mo- and the cheapest way we can grow our business? I said, well, get your current customers to buy again. He said, well, how do, what, what do you mean? I said, well, your current customers are the ones that are, the, the ones who are already multi-buying, i.e. they bought more than twice. Uh, they're the ones that always respond the best. So find out who they are and ask them to buy again mm. and give them a reason to do so. So very simply segmented on the people that have bought more than twice in the last 18 months yeah. and then email them and put them into a VIP club Yeah, and saying, Hey, we recognize you're really, you're really part of our brand story and we know that you're loyal to us. So, so thank you. We're going to give you free delivery for the next 12 months and we're going to give you 20 pounds off yeah. in the next six weeks. Yeah. And it's like, you know, because, because the, there's, there's something really, really interesting about the philosophy that, you know, if you if you're going to grow your e-commerce business, you can either do it by recruiting more customers, new customers, or getting your existing customers to buy again, or or preferably both. So if if you if you're recruiting new customers, you're paying Google or Facebook. You know, you paid recruitment costs. Whereas if you if you try and incentivize your existing customers to buy again. You're basically giving money that you would have given to Google or Facebook to your customer because, you know, you would have, the only way you can grow is by getting new customers through the door and predominantly you're, you're, you're using the paid, paid marketing channel. Yeah. So you might as well give money to your current customers yeah. rather than paying money to Google all the time to get new ones in. So it just makes sense. Yeah. Rather than having to rebuy new customers, which is often more expensive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So the, I'm just yeah. looking at the, the, we've done certain things for um, weather conditions we've done before we've we've you know people we know that when it like we had a big list and, and we knew it was it was um, snowing in Scotland so we'd send everybody in Scotland our our kind of snow offer and then when it was in London and London was having terrible weather we, you know like we could actually have campaigns weather related to ready to go based on having ready to based go. on what what kind of you know, whether they were having, which is, you know, it always depresses people though when they send that. Well, it, always, it means that it, it, we always, it's raining. But it's like, no, you, you, can, you can riff on it and you can, you can make it fun. Remember, like, uh, we used to go on holiday to, yeah. on the way to Abbasop, we used to go to Bala. Every time we went to Bala, it was raining. It was Bala, Bala is it? And it, and I, I would have yeah. thought they would probably sell them. Bala, the, that's like Bali. The most, the Very most different. raincoats and, umbrellas that, that you've ever seen in your life yeah um yeah. the other the other yeah. time is is like say you've got a you know you're selling to two groups of people like you someone might say to us well our, our buyers are either more mature men or they're young men right and it, those kind of different demographics are not going to respond to the same email so if you can work out you know let's say the people who are buying the, the shirts for example they're uh, for office for working. They're going to be younger than the people buying the kind of like tweed jackets, for example. So if you've got uh, um, a split like that, like you've got an obvious kind of demographic split, that can be a nice segmentation because they're going to respond to different different messaging as well. So what we're attend- what you're trying to do with segmentation effectively is increase the conversion rate of your emails. All of it is about increasing the conversion rate, increasing the revenue per email subscriber. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do. You know, by segmenting people off into a, like a first-time buyer, uh, second buyer, third-time buyer, you're trying to increase the revenue out of each segment. And you're only segmenting when it makes sense um, because you, you don't want to over... If, it's so easy to over... And often, I think often, 
Yeah, exactly. Don't overcomplicate it. Go with the flow of the river. You know, how, how, you know, if you if you were running a store, your e-commerce store was a you know two hundred year old retail business, in a, with a shop. It's exactly the same. The strategy of you growing that little retail store two hundred years ago is exactly the same now. You've got a bunch of customers, you know, that you know coming in buying, you know, every so often. How would you treat them? Mm. You know, when they come through the door, or how, you know, what if you were phoning them? Well, your phones didn't exist 200 years ago, but you send them a letter, wouldn't you? You know, what would you be doing? I mean, it's very straightforward, really. You know, you, you, your recruitment emails, the people who have not yet bought, you, you're trying to increase the conversion rate of your, of your recruitment, paid recruitment campaigns. Mm. And that's straight, that's very straightforward because email for those guys really turbocharges your paid activity. Because it's following people up, you know, you've driven people to the site with a paid ad, and you can then get your email, get their email address, and then it's following them up, and it's emailing them three, four, five, six times over a, you know, three or four week window if you've got a big buying window, and then you, you, you your retention emails is trying to get them to buy again to increase your lifetime customer value, and obviously it. it, it it's all dependent on what you're selling and, and how broad and how specific you want to be. Your reactivation one is to help them stop falling off a cliff. It's a bit like a lasso. Like imagine if you were a cowboy, like someone hasn't bought for like six months or 12 months. It's like a lasso. It's like, no, 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 don't go. Come mm. back. It's like, so it should be a really good offer. So you t- I always find that your, your, your recruitment offers and your, reten- your re- reactivation offers, so your first and the third are, tend to be the most biggest and the most aggressive ones because the first recruitment offer you know they don't know who, they might not well they've not bought from you before they might not trust you they don't know who you are you, know, you have to work a bit harder to get the sales they tend to be your bigger offers and tend to be like percentage discount ones and and then your middle one your retention really tends to be about your lifetime customer value and, and i find it better doing a monetary offer for you for your retention initially mm. and then and then you know they get, you get them on the normal list yeah you know but i'd start there would you yeah say? i think I, mean, I think what we're saying is you basically you, you know, segment it by by how much recency frequency and you know whatever the other r was monetary <laughs> <laughs> yeah rfm that's the old model rfm is recency frequency monetary yeah, yeah you know so how recent was the purchase how often are they buying and how much is spending yeah so you you that's how yeah, you'd segment you'd... them. First. So you'd segment them out into have they bought, have they not bought, have they have they not bought for a while, mm. and then within your retention segment, then you would add segment information if it was really obvious to do so. So like the fishermen or the sports people or those kind of stuff, and you know if yeah, and that's based on what capacity yeah. they're buying. And so if they do yeah. have obvious segments, say they have a real obvious segment, say either they're at A or B, then. You know, asking that when you capture their email would make sense. And we, we've we've had a lot more success asking that on a two-step form, haven't we? Or via a chat box where we can we can yeah. ask it. So yeah. we can ask the email address yeah. on the first form, and they think, oh, give me the email address. That's fine. Then you go yeah. step two. Um, give us tell us your first name, and you know, are you a man or a woman, or you're interested in both? You know, clothing, yeah. or something, or. Are you interested? Yeah. Which sports? You, which sport is your main main favorite sport? Or check, take these sports you're interested in. So you can do that on a on a on a yeah. on a step two. Um, we found it a lot more uh, opt-in, getting much more data from doing it as a two-step rather than just one step and sticking a whole big form in front of them. 
Well, I don't. I wouldn't say you get more opt-in. No, but you get more information. You get more information. You get much more. You get much. You get more rich information. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think generally, I think generally speaking, I think you know the difference between you know the really big e-commerce brands and smaller ones in terms of email is that the big ones tend to email a lot more. Mm. You know, around. I mean, probably around the key periods. You know, but they tend they tend to email a lot more, and I think I think there's a lot of nervousness about about unsubscribe rates, you know, when you, when you're smaller, Oh, I don't know what to send. I don't know what to do. And, you know, I've got, to, I haven't, I haven't got, I haven't got anything interesting to say. And it's, it's like, don't worry too much. Um, you know, get, bang them out, get them out yeah. and start focusing on recruiting new emails and data capture rather than worrying about your unsubscribe rate as someone who's hasn't opened an email for seven months. Yeah. And you a lot know, of the time, a lot of the time, those people buy, are just doing purges buy. of their emails. They're just going, oh, I've got so many emails, mm. I'm just going to unsubscribe from everything. And it's nothing to do with you or whatever. It's just because of the, the mood they're in and they're not a, a buyer anymore. And... And, it, and, it, and to think, and also to think that, oh, my God, I've just, you know, these people have unsubscribed from this. I sent an email this week and we had 110 unsubscribes. Oh, that's, that's you know, our average order value is 100 pounds and 110 people. That's, you know, that's like 10,000 pounds. It's like bullshit, is it? Like these, these, these are not customers. These are not necessarily people who are definitely going to buy. But instead, so don't let that stop you. Yeah. I guess, that, I guess that's what we're always looking for is more revenue coming from email as you grow. As a percentage of the business that that stays yeah. the same, well, we and we a very. In fact, we we had a we had a conversation tonight with a business e-commerce business that had fifty two percent of their revenue coming from email. But that is exceptional. Mm. But we we would normally say the average is between. It depends on what you're selling. Your average order value, your lifetime customer value, obviously. But um, you know, between fifteen and twenty five percent. Yeah. Is what we would consider about average, and up to twenty five percent. So we 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 like to see twenty five percent. The reason why we like to see twenty five percent is because email is is like the gift of e commerce. It's because it's practically free. Yeah. So it's like if you're only getting, you know, six percent of your revenue coming from email as a channel, it's like you're leaving money on the table. Yeah, and even if it's if it's one of those kind of one off purchases things, it's often the behavioural emails around. The beginning, like segmenting those recruitment, recruitment. is, is, is yeah. what's missing because email should be doing some heavy lifting at that point as well because it's just it, yeah. it, it's otherwise someone comes to the site and you're basically saying okay great I'll I'll buy you back on on, on Google when you come back next time or I'll buy you back on Facebook and it's you know yeah. if are you are you got to pay Google or Facebook yeah. to come back we get their email yeah. you get their email we can trigger you're triggering it, it. And, then, and, and educate them. The lovely thing about email is it's it's really the same amount of work if you're sending it to ten thousand people on your list as a, or a hundred thousand emails. It's the same amount of work if you're going to set up all your abandonment programs and your welcome series and your basic segmentation and your your first time customer email sequence, all those kind of things. Your reactivation ones, the same bloody mm. work. Mm. So it's it, and then, and and it's pence really, yeah. isn't it? To talk so massively massively powerful still i mean it was when i spoke 12 years ago and it still is today i think the only change that's happening is that for some of the businesses e-commerce businesses that are selling to a very young demographic 
so businesses like you know like mm. Sheen, there's a fashion company called Sheen. Like they, they, you know, it's on a, it's an app, and they're using push notifications, yeah. and that's how they're communicating. And, e- and it's but it's exactly the same email versus push notifications. It's exactly the same philosophy yeah. behind it. You know, I, you segment with recruitment, retention, reactivation. Exactly the same. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's email or push notification. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll leave it there. I think that's that's basically. I, mean, I don't really want to add to that more than it is. I mean, it, it's it, it, email segmentation are, are, are alongside you know what they've done as a buyer, whether they bought or not, and then if there's an obvious segmentation similar to like if you know, if you're in a physical mm. store, that's how you do it. And then once you've worked out where you want to segment, you've got to capture that data and and you've got to make sure you have it. And you know, I sometimes even in the welcome series, if I do have an obvious split, I'll say you know. Tell us, tell us, you know, which which way you are, which part you yeah. are, and not everybody's going to fill it in. Yeah. Um, and and annoyingly, sometimes if you've got an either or yeah. option, sometimes people opt in to both. They say, "Yes, yeah. I am a man and a woman," and you think, "Well, that's, that's a... well, there's <laughs> no. nothing wrong with that." True. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Or or neither. Yeah. We shouldn't get into. Yeah. You know what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we stop there. I'm, I'm changing the subject. The, the, what we should, what I would say is, with it, in terms of email, the obvious thing to do is go up and sign up to all your competitors' email. Yeah. <laughs> and buy something so you can see what their retention offers yeah. are. Yeah. You know, just go and do that. Monitor yeah. it. I mean, obviously, you should have done that already because that's a kind of no. Yeah, be on everybody. I mean, all our biggest customers, they like, they kind of like, oh, so and so's got this email out. I need to do this email, and so and so's just done this, and it's just and it's like, they're, that's what they're obsessed with because they know that the, their their list overlap yeah. with the other customers is massive. So, you know, that whatever they they send yeah. out a couple of hours later, it's slightly better offer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. That's it. All right, Ian. Thank you very much. That's good. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Chat to you next week.